Aha! Oh, this this should be this should mean that we are live and you can hear my voice. Hello, everyone. It's a live one. We're back in the studio. Um, whatever the studio is, we're here. Um, how is everyone? You all well? Hello, folks in the chat. Uh, everyone's tuning in. Uh, yes. Oh, Graham was an hour early because Britain is a bonkers country and we have hour and for no reason we adjust the time. Uh, I think it's still off on my oh no no i did fix it on my on my watch anyway um let's do this thing uh i, I you know there's the reach every now and then i decide i want to j jiggle things around a bit and um today is no different uh i think although we've done this a few times now which is where we just get straight into the episode right so that's exactly what we're going to do um today we have uh what, what yeah oh, well actually no i do have a, a tease picture which is yes we're going to be talking about this what was the picture that I used? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I used that picture. We're going to be talking about this. Uh, this picture here is the one that I found most puzzling. It was me and Nigel Harris late at night poring over this image, working out, trying to work out what the hell we thought might have happened. Because although publicly we might not be speculating, behind the scenes you do try and work out, well, what has happened here? What's gone wrong? Um, and thankfully the RAIB have published their report. So we get to uh, we get to understand exactly what went wrong because the RAIB... RAIB the Railway Accident Investigation Branch will tell us in moments. So, um, everyone, welcome to tonight's Rail Narrow. Let's get cracking. picture um thankfully this was an incident that resulted in no harm coming to anyone um but there are lots it, it was a very scary incident firstly because the train it could have been a, a train going at 90 miles an hour uh it could have been much faster it could have had people on it other than the, the, the staff and driver um yeah lots of scary things going on here and also it's scary because of what it tells us about potentially some some sort of loss of corporate memory let's put it that way um so yes uh not not great so anyway uh we'll pick through the report but first we have to look at the covid stats here they are uh yeah there we are look it's uh we've, we've, well, let me get my let me get the old whack em out and start scribbling manically at the uh at the screen there we are um anyway uh yeah british summertime is stupid we should just stick to time uh, because it's dark in the evening, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's archaic. Pick a time, ideally maximize. Just just pick a time and stick with it. Um. Anyway, so uh, what's going on? This is the zoomed in version, isn't it, of this year, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two, and we can see. Uh, firstly, there's a, a bit of a gap in the bus timings, which is a bit, in the bus uh, stats, which is a bit weird. But buses have. Uh, leapt right up there. Buses are right up there with ridership. Outside of London, bus ridership is, is right up to um, reaching peaks of 100%, over 100%. So bus ridership is back to where it used to be, which is cool. So that's actually really exciting news. Uh, car usage generally kind of quite a bit higher. Um, what would be interesting is to look at the trends. Uh, Deirdre, if you're watching, Deirdre, if you're watching this, it'd be great to detour on YouTube. It'd be great for you to 
cast some of your thoughts on this data set and see what you think, just from a pure statistics perspective, if there's any trends in there that you find interesting. Uh, what happened to cycling? Yeah, I know, right? It's depressing because this is not absolute figures. This is relative. So you'd hope that cycling should be higher. It should still be sticking higher. But it is, it's, it's, it's related to to weather a bit as well but rail rail is uh, so we were back up at 96 percent again recently which is incredible if you consider how much of a mess the network is in the network is in more of a mess than it was in may 2018 it's an absolute calamity and yet um yeah also bus ridership being as high as it is given how many strikes and service cuts there have been people want to travel by public transport people want to travel about my goodness um, and if I zoom out, so spinning it around and zooming back out, um, what's interesting, the interesting thing to observe, so this is the, the whole, this is looking at the whole data set right the way from the start of the pandemic onwards, um, coming up to the end of 2022 now, and uh, which is kind of shocking. But anyway, this macro trend that I was talking about, that I was worried about, seem, oh, uh, seems to not be so much of a thing because it's, I was worried that there was a bit of a sort of a... Okay, I've exaggerated slightly there, but a bit of a... Oh, my goodness, sorry. My finger is uh, plodding off the... There we are. No, come... No, come on, come on. Maybe the battery's running out. Oh, no, there's no battery. It's wired in. Why is he doing this? Anyway, uh, there. This sort of trend uh, bucked by this here, uh, where the, the ridership has jumped right back up again, despite all the chaos. So this is quite spectacular. I'm, I'm impressed by this. Um, weather isn't a factor in countries with proper bike infrastructure. Absolutely agree, Adam. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there we go. Uh, quite, I mean, take heart in the fact that despite the horror that is the state of our rail network at the moment, ridership is still bumping around between 90 and 100% at the moment. So there we go. Um, so what else? Oh, the news. The news. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know either. Uh, just absolute abject chaos going on at the moment. Uh, the rail industry is almost totally forgotten. Uh, the, 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 the promises from Liz Truss, who is no longer our prime minister, obviously those are, are gone, busted. So all the promises she was making to flip the... Actually, I can say it now because uh, it's now essentially irrelevant. There was a, a an interesting discussion I had with someone who was about to scoop it that Liz Truss had made an arrangement with Andy Burnham to, to press forwards with an underground station in Manchester Piccadilly. Whether that deal is now still on the table, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, so so that could be up in the air entirely. Northern Pass Rail, which was switching back to going via Bradford again. Uh, God knows where that's disappeared to. And what's worse is it might be entirely gone. Although I would argue that building it right is more is better than building it via Stanage because this, the route via Stanage is just completely stupid. That is the current NPR scope still formally. That's what the, that's what the teams are currently still working on. But government was in the process of changing it to include Bradford again. But clearly didn't get around to it um anyway so that's back on the bonfire again uh gbr hq news related to what's going on at the moment uh the, 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 there is a little hint that they may still announce it and I, if they do the only reason they'll do it is because uh doncaster and possibly derby are planning to sue government for wasted money on the fact that there is now no longer a gbr hq announcement to be made so um if they do announce it it'll just be to try and avoid uh being sued so that's always good. It's a good way to run government, isn't it? What else is going on? Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, during all the chaos, the DFT, plenty of people have a lot of time for in the DFT, but whoever in the DFT has enabled this shit, 
sorry to swear. I'm not sorry to swear at all, actually. Uh, everyone enjoys some swearing. Uh, nice swearing in my dulcet tones. Um, the DFT tried to sneak out this uh, union-busting nonsense, which is that uh, basically allowing them to decry, uh, to, to basically force people to go back to work if there's a strike. This this legislation exists in other countries. It exists in the US, for example. So uh, I chatted to Ros when I was over in the US, and there was a strike, a major strike that happened. Was it in the 90s, the early 90s? And the government just said, Ah, the government just said, ah, we're going to use our legislation and compel you to get back to work or you all get sacked, which is interesting uh, because uh, obviously you could just sack everyone and then the railways wouldn't work anyway. So I'm minded that people should always be able to withhold their labor. If, if people are banned from withholding their labor, that's indentured servitude. Not good. Or certainly getting towards it. So, yes, this bill is absolutely horrendous. I hope that this... Uh, yeah, the, the other thing, though, is that this was happening at the same time that government is saying, oh, we don't have we don't have time for... Uh, is the sound gone? Oh, I've still got sound. Is, is the sound going all right? Uh, Ryan seemed to drop... Sorry, Ryan. Uh, but I'm, I'm seeing sound here in front of me. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, no, I'm not going to... I think it's the creator swearing that might cause people to burst into tears. I, I'll keep my swearing nice and conventional for now. I won't go full Malcolm Tucker at this point. I don't think you'd like me when I swear violently. That's the sort of stuff that involves bleeping on Will As Your Problem podcast. Um, sorry, yes, this was... Uh, they, they, they've got time to bring out this sort of scab bill, um, but they don't have time to do rail reform and, and pursue the GBR bill. So it's just absolute hypocrisy. Just horrendous. Just absolutely horrendous. Anyway, let's move on from this. Uh, meanwhile, oh, this is a nice little story. There's a nice YouTube video on it as well. North, North and North. Uh, this week... Or certainly early November 22, we'll see um, history being made, which is really cool. It's, this is such a cool little story from the Ordnance Survey, um, which is that the, the three Norths, so True North, Grid North, and Magnetic North, will all point and combine, point in the same direction and combine for the first time ever. Um, or is it maybe they won't point in the same direction, but they will combine at a single point within the landmass of, of, of Great Britain. I think it is that they are aligning. Anyway, yeah, they're going to triple align, which is which never happens. Um, anyway, it's it's all good fun. There's a nice little video uh, on the on the Ordnance Survey website you can go and uh, and look at. Shout out to Ordnance Survey. Um, anyway, yes, uh, all, all all good fun fun stuff. Yeah, this is nice. I like this. It's a nice little story. We have to have some nice things to think about, and I like this because it's super nerdy. Yeah, go on Twitter and find it, or go on YouTube and watch the video. You can see that the, there's a link to the YouTube video on, on via Twitter, and you can go and find it. It's really it's a nice little story. Um, what else? There's some other good news, which is that Sheffield Trams, uh, after the contract expires, uh, Stagecoach are having the trams politely removed from their grip. I don't know whether it's just because they don't want to be involved anymore, but the, the Super Tram is going into ownership of the city region which is very cool um i'm quite pleased about this uh yes so uh they will be the sheffield trams will be ours in 2024 uh public transport being run by private companies is stupid uh there are all sorts of reasons that people there are lots of things that people think that state run public transport will fix it won't but it is stupid basically when you get to the right level of you know, once you organise your public transport system properly, um, it's uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Forget ideology; it just it makes absolutely no sense to have a private operator, a private company running it. It just adds a layer of pointless lawyers. There is uh, public uh, authorities can be much more innovative and lean than private companies are because pr public companies can switch from emergency mode to growth mode to stasis to innovation 
rapidly without worrying about what shareholders might think, whereas private companies are incredibly inefficient, incredibly non-innovative because all they care about is um, ultimately what shareholders want. So that makes them very, very resistant to change, makes them very slow to uh, to innovate. Um, so, uh, yes, there we go. Basically, uh, Al Storer's pointing out that... the. Uh, Al's suggesting that stagecoach just don't want to run public transport anymore, which is interesting given that they're a bus company. But there we go. Um, anyway, uh, here we are. This is this is this is good news. Uh, less good news. Uh, oh, I don't know how loud this might be. Oh, this might. Let me just go in and just quickly change the noise on the next slide because I didn't reduce the noise. There we go. Um, there we go. Fine. Um, what other news is there? Well, uh, it's just fun. No one was hurt, harmed, except a nice steam train. That was really loud in my ears. Sorry, everyone, if that was still really loud. Uh, this was not good. Uh, I was on this railway line, not the heritage one, but whizzing through here on a pretty fast train uh, with Roz uh, going to Harrisburg. Uh, this is Strasbourg, uh, which is where the... Or is it Strasbourg? I don't know how the Americans pronounce this one. Roz, I've forgotten how you said it. Anyway, um, this is not good. Uh, this is uh, why everyone... This is why signaling is a good idea. Uh, as you can see... I mean, it's a pretty cut-and-dry situation, the engineer, uh, what we call a driver, I don't know why engineers are called engineers, it's a bit confusing, but um, the engineer of the train proceeded without confirming that they knew that their route ahead was clear uh, and was appropriately set. Uh, this is not good. Uh, thankfully, the front there, the reason that smashed in, is not going to blow up because that's just basically a cosmetic front end. But it is a bit sad to see it. And we're going to watch it again because, um, yes, it's, it's a bit of a buffer stop. Um, yeah, you can see here what's... This didn't go well. Uh, not good. There's a lot of people looking forward to having a nice heritage run in with a steam train. Now they're going to be sat in there and probably get hauled by a diesel. How upsetting. Anyway, yeah, not not the best. Um, not not the best at all. So, um, yeah, whammy. The other reason I put whammy up is because I was enjoying watching the Phillies. Uh, watching the Phillies. Go Phillies. Uh, I, I, I like sports now. I'm a sports guy. Uh, I had a lot of fun going to the US. I had a lot of fun going to the US. And, uh, let's get my little face up. Hello. Let's go big face. Hi, everyone. It's me. Uh, your host, this, the, this weird accent guy. Um, yes, uh, they did indeed expect to go the other way at that switch. Um, uh, it feels relevant to go from that nonsense onto uh, and having signal, uh, not having signaling to a system with signaling and resulting in a wrong side failure and derailing a an HST. So um, we can laugh, but we're about to find out uh, that we are n no better. No signal, only use watch, says Adam. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's got a two-star buffer stop rating, that one, because uh, at least it had a reasonable level of friction dissipation and, and, a, and a reasonable occupancy as well. So it, it actually decelerated the locomotive pretty safely. The issue was the buffer interface, you know, the coupler interface, rather, uh, was not very good. Um, uh, not NFL, no. Uh, baseball. De baseball. So, uh, yeah, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies are the baseball team, aren't they? So Phillies are, are slamming it and very much did whammy last night. This isn't a sports podcast. I'm not on with Liam and uh, Tom Payne on uh, 10,000 losses uh, yet, although I will be soon, which will be fun. But anyway, in the meantime, 
yeah, they got me a non-sports person to be in, just because I was in Philly. That was fun. Little tease for you, for all of you there. Hello, everyone. Uh, news on the latest Bristol Underground plans. Uh, I don't know, Tom. Uh, send me a thing. I might include it next week. I have not spotted anything, and there's underground plans bounce right there. The Birmingham has mentioned underground plans as well, but it's not new. Certainly, the Birmingham one isn't news. Um, anyway, right, let's get on with this because it's already quarter past and we've got an RAIB report to go through and you know how this goes. Last, How many episodes did we do last time? Like four? Uh, it's not gonna, this is a one episode hit. We're going to slam through this one at speed, I promise. Um, so, let's make my little miniaturized face here. We're going to talk through the RAIB report. It's published in September this year um, uh, and uh, it was the, the, the accident happened in April 2021. So, um, we're going to dive into the report and have a look. Let's do it. Uh, here we are. I'm going to control L. What I'm going to do, you can't see my mouse. So let me just get my mouse so that I, when I wibble around on things, you can see my cursor. You can all see the cursor now. I mean, people on phones, probably not, but but those watching um, on a big screen can see my cursor now, hopefully. Um, do send your thoughts uh, through with, by adding my name, and it goes up in red, and it's really easy for me to spot, and I can uh, respond to your questions. So it's a page turn. It's a traditional page turn. Hello to all the, the 90-ish people watching right now. Um uh, we can always skip the preface. We can uh, so the structure of the report. We're gonna we'll go through the, the summary, of the accident, and the sequence of events. Um, we will look at some background information. We'll look at the analysis, and we'll look at the summary, of the conclusions. It's only a sixty-page report this one, so uh, and only fifty of those pages we're going to look at. So hopefully we'll be able to fly through this um, at a fair old pace and have a look at some of these learning points as well and understand what's what the issue was and why things went wrong. We don't need to look at the summary because we'll go through the details. We don't need to look at the introduction. Right, here we are. So, some of the accident. Uh, do I... I can probably just put my whack away, can't I? Let's do just that so that it's out of the way. Um, there you go, marvellous. So I've got a nice, nice clear, clear view of things. So, at around... Um, like, at 3... Oh, is it 0300? So it's 3 a.m. on 10th of April, 2021. A train derailed on a crossover... Uh, number 13 points, south of Dalhuni Station. Um, and uh, it was an empty coaching stop train that was being used to carry out platform interface tests. Good. That's that's good. I mean, they're dreadful on the Island mainland, but there we are. Um, in advance of planned introduction of longer trains. So there we are. Marvellous. Um, on completion of the test work in platform one on the up line, uh, we'll I'm sure we'll see a map, a little layout of the tracks uh, in a minute. Uh, yeah, on completion of the test work in platform one on the upline, onboard staff gave the driver the instruction to depart from the station. The signaller had already set the route so the train could continue south along the same line. This include operate, operating Delta Whiskey 3 signal to show a proceed aspect on the approach to the double-ended set of points forming the crossover. Uh, yeah, you have two sets of points. So you've got two tracks, and when you separate, you connect them with uh, a crossover, you essentially have a diagonal that's sort of connected between them, right? You've got the, the kind of... The, 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 um, I should. I can't whack him on this. I can't. Uh, I should. I, I should get a blackboard thing up so I can flick to the slides and you can see that, and I can sketch the blackboard. Anyway, it's fine. Um. Uh, that might be a good idea. Well, we'll do. We'll maybe do that in a bit. For now, um. Let's press on. The um. On reaching the alpha end of the points. Um, the train was travelling around 25 miles an hour. The train was wrongly diverted onto the crossover leading to the downline because the switch rails were not in the correct position. The front of the train then ran through the B ends of the points, the Bravo ends of the points, uh, proceeding onto the downline in the wrong direction. In doing so, the train damaged the 13 Bravo point end, which was correctly set for trains travelling northbound along the downline. The damage to 13 Bravo point end led the signalling system to recognise that the point ends were not in the correct position the signalling system then automatically commanded both ends of the points to move in order to correct this. 
This resulted in the switch rails at 13 alpha point end moving, which derailed the last three bogeys on the train. At this point, the train was travelling at a speed of around 33 miles an hour. Shortly after, the on-train data recorder registered a loss of brake pipe air pressure, and the train started to slow. So this is where we actually we only derailed it once, but but we we made two. There were two movements here, two two issues that the train, in a way, was derailed twice. If it had been going faster, it would have been derailed. Would have really would have been derailed twice. So what happened was it it was sent wrongly uh, down one set of points, which was set incorrectly. The, the Bravo set that went through the alpha set of points, which are set set incorrectly, but they were a facing set of points, so it safely it was safely traversing at that point. But the Bravo points were not set, which meant it ran through them, causing damage to the Bravo points as it ran through. The damage then sh shook the signaling system by the shoulders, which then went, oh, sorry, and um, then proceeded to move the alpha points into the correct through position, but the wrong traversing position which then derailed the, re the end of the train because it meant that the points were set for the the three re re uh, rear bogies to follow the way they were supposed to go so essentially splitting the train there um yes daniel smith you're right so many signaling this should not happen our signaling system should not let this happen lots of bad things happened here and uh, we're going to find out all about them oh here's a nice diagram explaining what's going on so uh the train was in so we've got, um, so the left-hand side here is to Inverness. Oh, no, it's the other way around. That's a bit weird. Anyway, uh, the, the left-hand side here is towards Inverness. The right-hand side is towards uh, um, Perth. So left-hand side is north, right-hand side is south. The train from Platform 1 departed, went through 13A, wrongly routed towards 13B, which it ran through, and then 13A switched. So, yeah, you can see this is what it was. So... This is showing, yes, so this is showing the, so the, sorry, the lower diagrams show the positions. So this is what it should have been set to, yes, and then this is what it was set to. So yeah, 13, 13 alpha, wrongly set for the crossover. So the, 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 these should always be mirrored, essentially. You should never operate these individually. A set of point, two, the two sets of points either side of a crossover have to operate together. So this is bad. Um... The driver had started to reduce power, felt a lurch as the train moved across onto the downline. He applied the emergency brake as the train stopped. The rear of the train came to a stand around 35 metres beyond the toes of 13 Bravo point end. The driver then alerted the signaller. The derailment resulted in damage to both the train and the railway infrastructure, uh, mainly the track and signalling equipment at 13 points and the deck of the nearby Ben Alder level crossing. Yes. Although no one was injured, trains are permitted to travel up to 70 miles an hour through Dalwini Station on the upline, while movements over the crossover restricted to 15 miles an hour. This means that the train could have been travelling at a much higher speed when the derailment occurred. It could also have been carrying passengers. The train could also have encountered a train travelling northbound on the downline. There's all these sort of um, risks here. Uh, the Haprust, I'm going to briefly interrupt myself and say that the Haprust is drinking a very lovely Irish stout from a local Baltimore brewery. Uh, I was in Baltimore uh, to, to see the B&O Museum Haprust, and it was tremendous. And we hung out. There's, a, there's an Irish bar on the waterfront that we were intending to go to that we couldn't. In America, Irish bars aren't crap like they are in Europe. In Europe, Irish bars outside of Ireland are a dreadful place that should be avoided by everyone. But um, anyway. Uh, oh, we can definitely do post-episode beer chat if, if, if we're... There's lots of nice beers there. Anyway, sorry, the chat. Don't get too much into the beer chat in the, in the, in the, in the, in the chat because uh, people who... I'll, I'll lose all the discussions about problems. Anyway. 
let us continue. So that's the that's that's the issue. Uh, we got some contests. We can skip through this. So Dalwini uh, Station is controlled from uh, a local signal box. You know, there aren't many places that 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 that's true for anymore, but it is true. Uh, it's signaled according to um, Scottish region tokenless block system. Um, they're signaled using absolute block principles. Lovely. Um, yep. So we know that trains could be going at seventy or eighty. Um, in the different directions um, there, but 70 in the down direction, sorry, in the up direction, um, and this crossover is only a 50 mile an hour crossover. So we know the organization's involved, fine, um, lovely, yes, yes, yes. Uh, train, uh, the train involved was a, was a, was a, we know what it was, an HST with uh, five Mark III power cars, lovely. Um, not hugely exciting. Uh, very minimal damage. Yeah, the derailment outcome there, you can see. There, fine, fine, fine. Signaling system and equipment. Um, yeah, signals and points at Darwin are controlled from the lever frame in the signal box. Fine. Uh, there's lots of instruments in there. We don't need to dwell on that. You can see what that looks like. Lovely. There's a little picture, so you can see the diagram in the signal box there, and you can see the uh, the actual arrangement. Isn't that lovely? Lovely, nice traditional signal box, um, for better or worse. It's very nice. Um, here is... Uh, so here's the point machine. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, what is it? A G five E type. Hmm. I don't actually know. Not, not so familiar with this type uh, of, of point machine. Um. Anyway. Um. Oh, interesting. So there's a, so the the the, the electromechanical point machines, fine. Uh. The, the the point machine is of a historical design and is no longer manufactured yet. Tell me about it. I do not propose these ever. On the Highland Main Line, they are only installed on network rail managed infrastructure between Dalhousie and Inverness. Network Rail signaling engineers recall that the first machines of this type were fitted in the 1980s. Uh, Network Rail had developed a preventative maintenance strategy that involved replacing each of these units, each of these point machines, every seven years, around about every seven years, with um, with an equivalent unit researched by Unipart Rail. Unipart Rail do loads of stuff for the for the railways, um, and there's a there's a kind of a new machine that they use. This point machine had been replaced on November in November 2013. But the point machine at the Bravo end was replaced uh, in 2020. It's 20, so, so there we go. Around nine months before the derailment. So there we go. So we've got... Is that a smoking gun? Who knows? We're going to... Well, the, the RIB doing They're going to tell us momentarily. Fine. So there's the, the, there's the responsibility for maintenance is, is, is long, and we can get to that when it... I'll explain that when we get to it, but we, we can skip over it. External circumstances. Witnesses report that it was raining uh, at Dalhwini when the point machine was replaced. Around this time, the weather station uh, recorded rainfall... A, a bit of rainfall. Rainfall may be relevant to the accident. Uh, the weather station recorded an air temperature of eight degrees. Okay. Uh, to be honest, to be honest, nothing remarkable actually in there. Uh, it was dark when the derailment occurred. Uh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine, fine. So the sequence of events, events preceding the accident. So we know. I'll, I'll whiz over this. So there was maintenance undertaken. Um, on this, you know, in 2020, nine months before the accident, there'd been this replacement of the um, of the point machine at the Bravo end of the of, of the the S and C. Fine, uh, and there's a load of sort of discussion about what happened. Uh, but what's relevant here is that the installation had been so. So the the da 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 da, da um, the maintenance tester recall being present during the the, the connection work. Uh, the data logger recorded the power was reconnected uh, fine. Uh, recorded some cycles of the machine detecting and then not detecting. Uh, switch was set in the normal position. Installation work was now considered complete. The maintenance tester could not complete some of the steps on the maintenance test plan because the signal had yet to arrive and was needed to operate controls and observe indications in the signal box. 
Uh, they decided that work would need to stop pending the arrival of the signaler. Fine. The renewal team replaced the covers on the newly installed point machine, tidied up and returned to their respective vehicles to wait. Um, oh, so this is the shenanigan. There are some shenanigans here. Um, uh, there's no answer from the signal box, despite the maintenance tester calling the box. Uh, eventually, uh, they asked the installer to drive them to the signal box. Once they were there, they found the signal had only just come on duty and needed some time to get organized. Once the signal was ready, maintenance tester asked them to call 13 points to reverse to the reverse position and then back to normal. The signaling data logger recorded that this happened at 10.07 hours. Concerned about the need to hand back the line blockages in time, he proceeded to sign out the additional costs, the controller's site safety. They're the person who checks on everyone's safety. Uh, and to go back to the relay room to reconnect the track circuits... Um, and so the tester then handed back both lines of being safe to run for trains. Um, the maintenance tester incorrectly believed that he had now completed all the tasks on the maintenance test plan. He filled in the uh, SMTH log sheet um, and the maintenance test plan list, uh, documents recorded at the, the, the time, blah, blah, blah. Afterwards, he went back to 13 Bravo Point End, took a photograph of the newly installed point machine, um, he emailed this and a photograph of the completed log sheet um, to a central mailbox that NR used in Scotland to collect, collect these test records. Um, told the renewal team the work was complete and they all went back to Inverness and homewards. Okay. So we can kind of dwell, whiz over the, the train operation, uh, the, the operation of the train, because we know uh, there's the, the log sheet. Fine. Um, very nice handwriting, though. Very nice handwriting indeed. Lovely. So there's the photograph that was taken showing that it was complete and, and everyone was kind of happy. Oh, I can see it kind of looks like a, an HW, this one, I think, doesn't it? Similar. Anyway, um, fine. We don't have to go through the, the details of this because it's not like it's not like Carmen. There's not an incredibly complex series of, of actions. So we're going to dwell on the kind of, we know what happened. We've already talked through what happened. So we can kind of whiz through that. Um, as soon as there had been a derailment, uh, the RRB came along, the two inspectors came along, and the signaling maintenance staff started... Uh, signal failure investigation testing uh this testing continued for two days and identified a wiring discrepancy in the 13 bravo point machine that had been installed in 2020 so nine months before so that, that there's there's our smoking gun um uh, no decided to remove the crossover and install plane line track where 13 points had been um the point machines were taken to Inverness for storage and the railway was reopened i don't know whether they put the crossover back in again um, but certainly they decided, I mean, often in the case where you smash up a, a set of S&C, the quickest thing is just to put plane line in that you can reasonably easily tamp to, tamp to line uh, and then get the railway reopened. So, um, post-derailment examination track and train. So we can kind of whiz through this as well, I think. Uh, where are we? 24. Yeah, okay, this is, this is going all right. It's not a disaster. Um, uh, Simon's saying that the odd thing uh, Simon believes the odd thing was that the work were ta work was taking place without a signaler on duty yeah I, I do know what you mean that is a bit strange um, yes agreed um, anyway so uh, let's keep going so so okay so this is just a description of what they spotted uh, when they were out there we don't need to see this because we, we know what the, the, the sequence of events was um, fine you can see some of the damage here so so you can see that uh let's have a look yeah so yeah so a few things at play here the damage to the the damage to the snc being run through so you can see uh actually i'll zoom in so you can see properly uh you can see here that the switchblade has been run through and has been prized away from the stop rail causing damage you can see that the it's been bent so it's hit there 
but bent but actually here so it's bent it horribly because this is obviously being pushed and then bent here so it's, it's a lot of damage here um not good i mean you could probably refurbish this and get it back to reasonable nick but they i think they've just plain lined it haven't they so anyway um and then the other end uh where you've got uh, this is the, that was the bravo and this is the the alpha end oh we were talking about adjustment switches on twitter today see it's it's this is a, a set of unstressed snc within a, a continuous welded rail section so that's why it's got an adjustment switch anyway you can see the line of the wheels running you see it's it's chipped off bits of um you can see where it's run it's actually run here because it's damaged the base plates clipped off parts of the these brvs um uh, not good uh, yeah making a right old bloody mess um the there we are you can see the mark so just, just to identify so this is this is from the fact that the these when they did move when the signaling got jolted in place when they did move um you can see the damage to the switch toe it's been struck and the, the wheels basically bounced out because they were being pulled by the momentum of the train working its way through the traversing route, not the through route. Those bogies were basically pulled out um, and and continued to yank along uh, in, in the forefoot at this point. It kind of made a mess of the track geometry from that point onwards. Um, so there you go. That's, that's kind of the, a bit of detail. And you can see the, the damage. Another image here of the damage showing the damage that's being done. Um, so that's the damage to the that's the Bravo ends. And you can see the damage on the 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 kind of level crossing or the, the foot crossing which i've crossed a few times going up into the hills and um, it's very useful uh there so um yeah not good not good at all so fine they talk about how this, there's some discussion here about signal maintenance testing i'm gonna jump through this because it's a lot of detail that's not I, I, i'll see if i can spot so that, as with the page turn you're seeing how i generally look at these things you're seeing how i generally do it when i look through these i don't read everything i generally hopefully get a reasonable idea of the important things to pick out so i flick through um this looks like a description of um so, so yeah, so here, paragraph 56 here, RARB are concluding that the follow, that there are steps within the process of the, and this standard, the test plan, the standard test plan, where the wiring discrepancy that was identified, this wiring discrepancy is what caused the wrong side failure. The wiring discrepancy could have been picked up in step one, which is checking that the replacement point machine was the correct type. Step 11, wire count of the newly installed point machine. And step 18, point detection and corresponding testing. So those three things in the, actually, it's not the standard test plan, in the specific test plan for this site, those three steps should have identified that there's an issue. Um, yes, so, um, uh, anyway, yeah, there you go. So the, there's the, the sort of um, layout. Of the, this is the standard, this is the, the standard test plan, actually, because it's got these yellow things which are related to the fact that it's a standard. Um, so, yeah, it's going into what these are, what wire counts are, and all these various bits and pieces. Um uh, it's another standard, the signaling maintenance standard here as well. Um, there we go. Um, yeah, so this is just going through the standards and the authority to work as well. So this is talking about competency and, and how the competency standard is applied. And it's, uh, competency is far more rigorously applied to signaling engineers, or at least it was when signaling engineers were mostly in-house. Now that they're all freelancers, they're choosing not to pursue the competency through IRSE, which is not a good thing. So again making lots of work happen with people not being in-house. Not good. Um, so here we are. We've got, in fact, got onto this. The Institutional Railway Signaling Engineers... Uh, sorry, Institutional Railway Signal Engineers Licensing Scheme, the IRSE. So it's like the Permanent Way Institution or the Institution of Civil Engineers, but for signalers. 
the licenses are issued independently of Network Rail, cover a broad range of signaling engineering disciplines. Yeah, lovely. Um, and um, different license categories apply according to the work activity involved. Uh, and the Network Rail standard lists the license categories identified as appropriate signal maintenance. Um, the, the standard requires that individuals hold the relevant IRSE license if they're responsible for safety critical work, um, which this work was classified as. Uh, to gain that license, applicants need to have been regularly employed on work relevant to the license category, maintain a logbook of training, learning and competence assessments and relevant work experience, and be assessed against requirements in the IRSE competence standard relevant to the license category. Um, the signalling standard includes some flexibility, allows an individual to be responsible for safety critical work that is outside of that covered by the IRC licence they hold for their normal work, otherwise referred to as secondary activity work. However, individuals can only be responsible for such work if their employer deems them suitably competent to undertake that type of work. That's an easy thing to flout, though, let's face it. Um, so, here's the analysis. We got to the analysis. Let's understand what's going on. Um... Uh, so Alex McCorn, there's a bit of discussion about HSTs. Um, since when have signaling engineers not been in-house? Uh, lots. I mean, there are lots of signaling engineers who are consultants, but testers and commissioners are often, you know, freelance individuals. You know, they're, they're their own staff and they go contract for Network Rail. They aren't actually in-house Network Rail staff. Um, there's a point being made about the HSTs. Yes, this is another situation where it, it, you know the fact that we're having some of these incidents hst should should absolutely not be in service anymore but this is a situation where the hst um hasn't made a difference i i, I don't know whether they'll pick this up um as to, but the hst there's no they haven't looked at the rolling stock here in any detail the, the hst had no part to play in this um uh, making this better or worse to be honest like the, the, would have behaved the behavior would have been the same for any any vehicle but it's just if there was an hst if the well Yes, whiskey to shots. You are right that it is interesting that it's happened to HSTs it's because HSTs are running the majority of intercity services in Scotland now, which means they're the ones going fast, which means that if there is a, an issue that, that an intercity train is involved in, it's an HST, which isn't good because HSTs are not safe, crash-worthy trains compared to modern rolling stock anymore. So anyway, that's, that's, for, another, that's, for, that's for the uh, Carmen episode. Go and look at crash-worthiness episode of that if you're interested in talking about crash-worthiness. The main uh, interesting point, yeah, the HSTs were... There was nothing, it doesn't matter whether it's HSTs or not in this instance. Um, so, the, the immediate cause was that the signaler was able to clear the signal and permit the train to approach the crossover when they were in an unsafe condition. That's the that is the the immediate cause. So that was caused. Uh, you know, and so that's the immediate cause. Fine. Um, and basically, what happened was there was a loss of normal detection in the thirteen Bravo point ends within the point machine. Um, and the reason why the 13 alpha points didn't move away from the reverse position, um, yeah, so so just sort of a lack of movement once meant that they were out, they then became out of sync and potentially were moving out of sync of each other rather than together. Um, and there's this kind of discussed here, but basically the, the detection system failure is fully explained, that's an important point, it's fully explained by the wiring discrepancy that was discovered in 13 Bravo point machine during the signal failure investigation testing. The testing found two electrical conductors on the terminals of the point machine detector unit that were not shown on the 13 Bravo point end wiring diagram. Um, these were a metal link connecting terminals C1 and C2 and a strap termination connecting terminals C8 and D2. Let's go back to figure 12 to remind ourselves what this looks like. Uh, there we are. Let's figure, oh, that's figure 5. Let's figure 12. Oh, it's here. It's actually ahead. Fine. Lovely. Um, 
Because there were these additional conductors in place, out-of-correspondence testing and circuit analysis showed that normal detection was incorrectly obtained when the switch rails at the 13 alpha point end were in the reverse position. So basically the detection, what we call detection, points detection, was not functioning appropriately because extra bits of wire and, and metal and conductors had been added. So we can zoom in here. So you can see that the, that the red lines here show that there were a link made here and a termination strap included, both of which should not have been added to this. Um, the, 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 there was an error to include those. Not good. Um, uh, da, 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 da. So, there we are. Uh, renewal planning. So the, the what are we looking at? Let's just remind myself. So 74. Uh, renewal planning activity did not identify the need to alter the internal wiring in the reservice point machine, possibly because technical information that may have been relevant was either not reviewed or was not available. Ah, so this is pointing out, this has been discussed in the body report, that there is there is some discrepancy in, in the technical information available to actually inform um, the the internal, you know, getting the internal wiring right. So clearly some scary, scary mistakes there. Uh, planning process. The section supervisor did not understand that he was supposed to consider listed technical information as part of the planning process. This is a possible factor. There we go. Um, so there we are. Um, so that's a possible factor. That, that, sorry, I just re I don't know why I just went and said. Uh, well, there we are. Because I'm reading. I was reading, and I didn't actually read out what I read. I read it in my brain, uh, in my inside voice. That's not useful. Basically, just pointing out the fact that there is a planning process. That within the planning process, there is a, a potential step that was missed by the section supervisor in including uh, relevant or and, and listed technical information. The next one's a bit of a scary one, which is that uh, it's related to point machine product information. No product information was made available to the network rail signaling engineering team that described how the internal wiring in the reservice point machine was configured or that it was necessary to check if alteration was needed. This is a possible factor. Um, yeah, supporting product information could have altered those planning, uh, alerted those planning the renewal work to relevant restrictions and precautions and then led to the renewal team then being briefed and informed that alteration was necessary. Interesting. RIRB found no evidence that relevant product information was made available through processes used for product acceptance, product information management, procurement delivery and product labeling. So that's a bit of a, an oof right there. Um, the product approval process is, and product acceptance process is pretty rigorous. So it's a bit embarrassing, but uh, uh, yes. So Daniel Smith, it's fantastic. Daniel, I know you've got signaling experience. I'm glad you're here. Uh, those ext extraneous uh, uh, straps are required for single endpoints, but not for double end crossovers. There you go. So those, I presume, including those essentially isolates the behavior of a single switch, which which doesn't require the detection of another set of points in, 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 in running it, right? Um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Daniel. That's, I always enjoy. It's like Carmen when we had drivers on it. Daniel, it's very good to have a someone with signalling experience in, involved. Uh, very good. Um, yes, here we are. So it was actually reserved. The point machine was was uh, fitted to thirteen Bravo points. It was actually reserviced in in York. Yeah, Unipart Rail Signalling Workshop in York. Network Rail was unable to provide information on how it expected the internal wiring to be configured. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, interesting. Anyway, pre-installation checks. The pre-installation checks in the specified maintenance test plan did not identify the need to alter the internal wiring in the reservice point machine. Ah, so what's emerging? Sorry, I'm just kind of clocking on. So what's happened is that Unipart Rail have reserviced it and fitted the internal wiring as if it was a single end set of points, so just a switch on its own. And the, they hadn't applied any information or labeling to say that that, that, that 
unit should not be fitted into a set into a crossover um so that's yeah whiskey to shots uh, is asking if there's no mechanical backup to ensure the point motors don't stay in sync on these failsafe. well no there's an electromechanical um failsafe the issue is that it was bypassed <laughs> that's the that's the problem this is this is the sort of is the failsafe that um so yeah so that okay is that i believe that's what then has happened isn't it they've they've unipart rail have fitted a have arranged have, have fitted the internal wiring for a single set of points but then it's been used in without alteration in a um in a, in a crossover there we go that's interesting and worrying uh yeah the pre-installation checks carried out by installer uh, by installer a did not identify the wiring discrepancy possibly because of weaknesses in their definition and how they were executed. So the checks there, weaknesses in the definition of the checks and how they were executed. So there, the, the, you remember there's a bit that I kind of flicked through defining what those three, was it there's three or four, three or four steps that were checks like the wire count check. And the, 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 this, this recommended, this, um, uh, the RIB are saying that there's ambiguity in the wording of what that check apps actually comprises, which is a problem. Um, yeah, so they're, they're kind of pointing out some issues. Uh, maintenance, maintenance testers' actions. The maintenance tester did not verify the checks carried out by, the, by installer A. This is a possible factor. And um, the post-installation wire count in the specified maintenance test plan did not identify the differences between the detection circuit wiring in the newly installed point machine and the site wiring diagram. So there we go. Um, uh, Gareth Williams is asking a very good question, which is, forgive me if you're coming to this later, but if the motor was changed nine months earlier, how come this accident took so long to happen? Um, I think this will get brought up at the end, but I believe that that's because this doesn't get used much in normal, this set of points doesn't get used much in normal operation. And so it's only when it's it's perhaps been used once before and then reset. I don't, I don't, yeah, I can't remember whether they used it first to get into the right place or anyway it, it, it was only it had been used possibly for the first time um as part of this work i believe uh i'll double check that though it might come up though uh, that's a very good question gareth we'll see if it comes up if not we can pester the reib i may not have picked it up the post installation wire count yep fine that was an issue um wire count installers actions the wire count carried out by installer a did not cover the full scope of that required by the maintenance test plan so that's a that's not a possible factor. That's a definite factor. Um, the maintenance tester incorrectly assumed that the work that installer A carried out meant that the full scope of the required wire count had been covered. So again, a, a, an error there really a, 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 in assuming that an appropriate level of um, checking had occurred. The maintenance tester did not separately verify that the wire count had covered the full scope required by the maintenance test plan. Yeah, so there's definitely a communication issue here, a misinterpretation of the rig required as part of the, 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 the verification testing. Um, uh, yes, and Daniel Smith is also pointing out, a full out-of-correspondence test would have detected this error too as you, as you test every single permutation of the points for detection correspondence. Yes. So that for me, this is a really worrying... It's not just one error. that It's, as ever, Swiss cheese, a series of you know, lackadaisical approach to testing, um, complacency has resulted in this in this failure. 
Um, and exactly, we're about to get to the point that Daniel Smith just made. The maintenance tester did not complete the specified out-of-correspondence testing following installation of the reservice point machine. It's exactly as Daniel just said. Uh, the lack of full out-of-correspondence test uh, is a, a, a cause of the, of the, of the issue here. Um, and you can see there's, what's interesting here is that there's a, there's a little diagram they've done of the timeline of events and an interruption it's a bit like if you ever watch um, Air Crash Investigation when they've got a checklist and they get interrupted by something and sometimes they skip a bit or they miss a bit or they don't reorient to the original task. If there's something that occupies you know, uh, crew resource management, there's something that occupies both people's attention. And in a way, this is a failure of crew resource management on the railways. You know, we, 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 try, we need to apply this sort of you know, res crew resource management, staff resource management, the same logic as in airliners, uh, to, to the railways. Uh, you can see original task, the, the, the tester... A TNC, a tester and commissioner, is an incredibly safety critical. They're one of the few people who's, who the absolute buck stops with them in terms of safety. If, something, if they do something wrong, this sort of stuff happens. So um, the fact that uh, we have... Um, yes, yeah, sorry, uh, let me have a look at this. So, uh, yeah, if you go through here, you've got an original task. They, the, the, the tester should have been absolutely sticking to that task. The fact they went, they then went to have to go and have to hunt for the signaler meant that they interrupted their original task and they then did not reorient to that original task. So this is a, this is a, this is a, a, a crew resource management issue here. Um, so here we are, suspension of original task, attention capture and decision-making. Yeah, this is, this is really key. So we've kind of talked a bit about that. Uh, lack of reorientation then to the original task was definitely an issue. Um, yeah, not good. Uh, yeah, fine. There's some extracts here related to other bits. Other individual factors. Uh, in March 2020, the, the maintenance tester needed to self-isolate as he had COVID-19 symptoms. The Inverness section manager was aware of this. The maintenance tester stated that he subsequently started to suffer from general tiredness, memory, and concentration issues. He did not make the Inverness section manager aware of these issues because he felt they were not of sufficient concern and were not affecting his work. The maintenance tester um, believed that he was coping and, and that the sense of general tiredness was the result of other well-being concerns that his line managers already knew about. RIB is unable to completely discount any problems that the maintenance tester started to have as a result of his COVID-19 symptoms as a factor in him not correctly reorientating to the original. So fatigue here sounds like a bit of a factor once again. Um, so there we go. Um, so yeah, Daniel's pointing out that... Um, uh, oh yeah, Gareth Williams is asking some questions. Um, uh, yes, the points worked as commanded... Uh, had the work points worked as commanded, they wouldn't have been out of correspondence to begin with. But the wiring error meant that this out of correspondence wasn't detected. There's an excellent, as ever, excellent chat going on in the um, in the in the in the chat column. So uh, thanks everyone for this discussion. It's always always really valuable. Uh, identify ident ident identification identification of underlying factors. Um, Network Rail's signalling maintenance standards did not result in working arrangements that led to the maintenance tester carrying out checks and tests that were independent of those responsible for installing the point machine this is a probable underlying factor a lack of independence so uh, if you've got an installation team there might well be a contract you know they might well not be network rail it might be a contracting team there should be a network rail tester there someone with a reasonable level of independence to ensure that the um yeah so the working arrangements didn't make that happen for the principle of independence to be effective, two separate parties are required. The installation party responsible for ensuring the correct equipment is correctly installed and functions correctly, and the testing party responsible for verifying the work carried out by the installation party. 
There need to be clearly identified roles, uh, clearly defined roles and responsibilities for each, together with prescribed arrangements for the handover between them. So, the, the, you know, the installation team need to validate their own work, and they need to be confident that, that everything is installed and functioning correctly. And then the testing party validate that. They validate and verify that that work is, has been undertaken correctly. Um, I'm being asked if there's a, a, a RACI, an R-A-C-I document for this type of task. What is a RACI? Uh, wait a minute. RACI. I'm on, uh, RACI. Uh, there we are. See, there's a... Oh, responsibility assignment matrix. Uh, there we are. The responsibility assignment uh, RACI is... RACI, I don't, I don't, I don't, what, RACI is an acronym derived from the four key responsibilities. Responsible, accountable, consulted, informed. RACI matrix. There we are. Uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, possibly, but maybe structured slightly differently. Um, uh, anyway, right, let me continue. So, uh, yes, roles and responsibility of installers, handing over modified signals is clearly a failure in the process here. Um, and here are some observations by the RAIB. Competence management. The Network Rail staff involved in the renewal work undertaken at 13 points did not hold all the competencies that Network Rail standards defined as relevant. That's a bit of a, a red flag right there. Um, so that's not good. Now, here's a, a slightly scary observation that's going to be here. Previous occurrences of a similar character and straight in with Clapham. Resulting in the deaths of 35 people and injury to nearly 500 more. It occurred when a single signal that should have been showing a danger aspect erroneously showed a proceed aspect. Uh, the hidden report... Uh, was was undertaken the hidden inquiry and then the associated report the failure which caused the erroneous aspect arose from work carried out as part of a resignaling scheme a resignaling relay was incorrectly energized when a wire which had been disconnected came back into contact with the relay this caused a track circuit to show unoccupied when in fact it was occupied by a train um if a wire count had been carried out the failure would have been avoided the report recommended that british rail should urgently urgently ensure that an independent wire count is carried out as a matter of course during signal testing and yet here we are. Uh, the report also led to the need to develop national testing instructions and the introduction of signal works testing and signal maintenance testing handbooks. That's the SWTH and SMTH I think I've referred to as, uh, before. The separation of installation and testing roles. That's key. We've just talked about that. Critical that we have separate installation and testing roles. And the need to improve training and certification of testers and the introduction of the IRSE licensing scheme. So we're slipping. We're losing memory of these Worrying. Uh, RAIB has investigated several more recent occurrences which involve wrong side failures of signaling equipment. So there's Green Hill Upper Junction 2009. Uh, not good. Cardiff East Junction 2016. Also not good. Uh, thankfully, the driver stopped in advance of it. London Waterloo in 2017. If everyone remembers um, the, uh, the, the when the train collided with that engineering train being used a barrier, that, that was, a, again, a, a wrong side failure. So, summary of the conclusions. Uh, yes, uh, Signal was able to clear uh, the uh, Delta Whiskey 3 signal, uh, permitting the train to approach the points when in actual fact they were in an unsafe condition. Fine. We've got all of these uh, causal factors. Um, we're going to get to the recommendations in a minute. Um, yes, so there we are. Lack of competency. Like, uh, not all the competencies held. Uh, previous RIB investigations. Relevant to the investigation, we've just talked about some of these. Um so the actions uh, uh, report is already taken in progress relevant to this report. Uh, have I got 
Yeah, okay, so that's fine. Um, in August 2019, Network Rail published this report of an investigation into problems faced during signal maintenance testing. The investigation followed a perceived increase of close calls. So there was there is an understanding in the industry that we're seeing more of these incidents or close calls close to these incidents. Um, although it found that the by Network Rail before the accident had happened, um, uh, concluded that improvements could be made. The improvements primarily concerned competence management and process clarification and simplification. Recognising the reliance placed on the attitude and aptitude of individuals involved, it also identified issues for escalation relating to resources and pressure. Um, these in issues included the need for senior signal maintenance team members to take on several roles, including including costs, maintenance tester, person in charge, and team leader. Absolutely. You know, really, they should just be an individual cost. Um, just to an, an individual cost and potentially an inverse, in, acting there, they, them acting as a person in charge as well. So there we go. So this they they they, they issued a revision of the uh, signal maintenance um, testing uh, handbook, uh, fine, which involved some uh, following some major restructuring of the document, which is good. So they they, they have made some changes. Um, in December 2020, Network Rail made changes mandating the use of wire count grid sheets. Um, in September 2021, it made changes clarifying the need to use permutation grid sheets. So there we go. So that it's making this wire count. It's acting on that Clapham wire count recommendation from 1988, you know, well, from the hidden report follow subsequently. Uh, Network Rail removed 13 points immediately after the development and installed playing on track on the up and down lines. Network Rail has also started a project to remove all of these old point machines in the Scotland region. Uh, and this is because of Unipart's decision to close its workshop in York. Well, it's, Unipart haven't made that decision. They've been forced to by York Central, but that's another story. Uh, and, oh, yeah, look, I'm such a nerd. Network Rail's plan is to replace the point machines with HW-type equivalents. Yeah, there we are. I did say that they look pretty similar to HWs. Um... Uh, Donald Brannigan is pointing out that RACI, uh, R-A-C-I, is used a lot in aerospace in the aerospace engineering world. Um, uh, there we go. Sorry. Uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, fine. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, there we are. Sorry. Yes. Uh, there's some discussion about learning. Yeah, Gareth Williams. You're kind of similar to me. I do learn better by learn by by doing than I do by um by uh by reading yeah, I, I need to do the thing and then it gets into my brain um yes yeah, so this is looking at similar point machine configurations network rail have issued a special inspection notice on some other point machines uh, including hw type point machines uh, one at orpington and one at shildon they're not worrying um interesting okay yeah so 49 sites were identified when this in april 21 sorry network rail issued a special inspection notice um, uh, looking at 49 sites where multi-ended points shared a common detection circuit, all had HW-type point machines installed. No issues of concern were found at any of these locations, and the inspection confirmed that 13 points at Dalhoney had been the only multi-ended points on the Scotland region where those type those point machines were actually installed. So it's kind of a strange, unique circumstance in that situation. Um, Yes, I was going to say, yeah, it's all the more reason to start merging roles even more, like the network rail is being told to by government, and also sacking more people and putting more people under stress and reducing re uh, maintenance headcount. Fantastic work. Excellent work. Uh, congratulations, network rail and government. Uh, just really brilliant. So, uh, right, let's hop on to the recommendations. So, uh, recommendation number one. Um, Network Rail should review and update its processes for signaling equipment installation and, main and signal maintenance testing so that all work undertaken by signaling maintenance teams that is not the result of reactive fault-finding activity is suitably planned and that sufficiently detailed instructions are made available. There you go. That's a, a fair enough recommendation. I don't think that needs much more elaboration. Um, recommendation two. 
Network Rail should review all replaceable items of signaling equipment that it, accept, that it has accepted on the basis of historical grandfather rights, which could affect the safe running of uh, the safe running of trains over switches and crossings. Uh, they've kind of already started doing this, but good. It's, it's basically grandfather rights should no longer be applicable, um, or at least that you should review everything that's currently got grandfather rights to make sure it is actually safe. Uh, recommendation three, Network Rail should review its signal maintenance testing handbook, that's the SMTH, and update the guidance for the defined check for correct equipment type to describe in sufficient detail the steps needed to determine equivalent equi equipment equivalence. So this is the situation. It was a, a point machine that should have been installed or was wired to be in, in readiness to be installed at a single switch, not a crossover with two switches that are bound together. Um and, and so it's updating the SMTH to make sure that a check to ensure that isn't happening um, is included. Um, so, uh, recommendation four. Um, Network Rail should review how it can best achieve the required level of independence between the installation and testing roles when pre-planned renewal work is carried out. Uh, and it should take into account how people actually undertake these roles currently. Um, so there you go. Uh, and it, it, this could be this is they point out that this recommendation could be relevant to other other things. And in fact, they, they've said that for a few of the recommendations. These are relevant to other potential risks as well. Recommendation five: um, Network Rail should review its arrangements for recording progress when carrying out testing defined in its signal maintenance testing handbook. Um, essentially, this is to reduce the likelihood of essential signal maintenance testing tasks being overlooked and not completed. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a checklist. This this is why in in modern airliners checklists are digitized rather than paper so that they actually and they actually work through the checklist on screen so that if there's an issue um, you get distracted you can come back to the checklist and not sk accidentally skip a step uh, it's the same lot that's exactly what this recommendation is really talking about um, and RIB has uh, identified the following important learning points two two important learning points number one um, installers and testers should follow processes that are designed to assure the integrity of signaling systems before handing them back into service kind of sounds obvious but it's a pretty important learning point number two learning point number two employers should ensure as far as possible that they're aware of medical health and personal issues relevant to members of staff that carry out safety critical work absolutely oh there we go and then just the the appendices there we go i am um, and we've got the, the wiring diagram there and the, the diagram of the points machine uh, uh fine fine marvelous so um there we go we managed that in not unreasonable time i think uh I'll, I'll kind of uh, lots of lots of thought, kind of thinking points. I, I hopefully not hammered through that too quickly. Um, hopefully, I kind of laid that out in reasonable detail. What what are the kind of general thoughts? Anyone got thoughts? I'll answer them at the end when I go through the kind of the, the, the post amble. But yeah, send your questions in at me in. But also, um, yeah, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are it's worrying that we're falling back into situations where we're seeing some of these old or, or rather kind of late late stage BR mistakes, these complacency based mistakes. But the, the slight uh, okay so so i'm gonna say i'm gonna go for a good thing sandwich the bad thing is it's bad that this is happening again good thing industry is recognizing it and we already before this incident occurred there was an acknowledged network rail were undertaking a report to try and understand why the, this this corporate memory loss is occurring how to kind of create processes and systems that that either mean that the corporate memory loss doesn't matter because it's recorded and captured in standard or a way to ensure that we don't forget uh, make these mistakes again but the bad sandwich, I'm afraid the bread is the bad bit. The good is within the sandwich. The bad bit is that um, Network Rail is being cut to the bone by a moronic, malicious uh, government. 
Uh, and there are far too many people, I'm afraid, within Network Rail and within senior management within Network Rail who don't, who, who are just doing exactly what they're told and are not pushing back on the safety risks of this. And I don't think the or much as I'm, I'm going to go meet Ian Prosser and have a proper chat with with him and, and with others within the ORR, that's going to happen to understand what the impact is of these major changes. Um, I don't think that Network Rail, Department for Transport, and the ORR are appropriately discharging each of their individual responsibilities to prove that. Network Rail's changes, restructuring and sacking of people are ensuring that this sort of thing is not, you know, that we're not going to see more fatigue, more of these issues happening. So, um, yeah, not not good. Not good at all. Um, so, let us let us get rid of my little face. Goodbye to my little face. And, uh, and close out. Uh, but do send your questions. We'll do a little bit of discussion at the end. So for those of you who dip out at this point, uh, no, don't quite dip out yet because we always do a little bit of sweep up right before we uh, b- before I wave goodbye. Rail Matter is... That was a, a dramatic pause. Rail Matter is available in all good podcasting platforms. Listen in audio-only format. Um, hopefully it, it works in audio-only format. I don't know. Um, Patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis to support me on Patreon. Times are hard at the moment, but for you don't have to put... You know, um, and so for those who are on Patreon, I, you know, I'm not going to judge you if you dip out for a bit. That's absolutely fine. Um, but also, Patreon, you know, it's 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 a quid, so it's not it's not a huge amount of money. It's not it's not really expensive for a quid. Uh, you can pay more, and many, I, I know I can see people in the chat. You know who you are, who pay more, and I'm incredibly grateful for those of you who do. The, the, by by supporting me on Patreon, you allow me to like do this because it's particularly with a little one on the way, particularly with work being a bit chaotic and hectic. It's quite. It can be quite difficult to justify the time to set aside to do this. Even though I love doing it, sometimes it can take time. Patreon allows me to be like, no, no, actually, I can justify my time a bit to do this. It is worthwhile for me to do it. Um, it certainly isn't break-even if I was paying myself for the time that I spend doing Rail Matter, but it, it, it absolutely helps. Every little helps. PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis to throw loose pennies at me, as many of you do. Um, and abuse or comments, that's fine. Um, if you don't want to do Patreon, you can do PayPal if you just want to do a one-off. And the chat that's been happening, everyone here, wonderful. Um... Uh, R.I.P. Masquette. Uh, Masquette, maybe R.I.P. Uh, hopefully, we are going to get more merch back. I, I'm not sure, but hopefully. Um, so, gasdance.uk slash Discord for the chat that's been going on. Another evening of great chat, proving why I love doing Rail Now with all of you lot, because the chat, the thought, the communication, the, the experience, the expertise that's in the chat um, helps out uh, and helps me and it helps make it more informative for everyone. And it means all of us, whether we're railway adjacent or in the industry or just interested, um, can learn a bit more, which is good. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the next thing I'm going to say? The next thing I'm going to say is, um, oh, next time, episode 137. No, that's not next time. That's last time. Uh, yeah, we did this episode. If you haven't, haven't watched it because I wasn't around and because you don't watch like the pre-record episodes, go back and watch it. I, 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 it was chaos. How was it? Was it chaos? Was it rubbish? I don't know. It was a bit of an, it was a new one. I basically got on a train and did a journey um, and, and, and made observations. I, I quite enjoyed putting it to pull together. It took me longer to edit together as ever because I, I always put it too. I enjoy editing. It's a fun process. Well, the result is satisfying. I enjoy doing editing. Um, but yeah, and, and always make sure you watch the very end because there's always a little least. Generally, I try and put an Easter egg at the end of my little pre-records, pre-record episodes. But uh, yeah, we took the train to Mansfield um, and uh, there were lots of little Easter eggs in the, in the episode. Uh, yeah, a few people. I think it probably worked in, in audio-only format as well, actually. But obviously, you want to watch it for the for the entertaining video stuff. Like, there, there are always visual gags in a, rail, a pre-record rail matter. I always try and throw in a few fun bits and pieces. Um uh, people enjoyed the little space fillers. Uh, it was endor- endorsed by James May. This episode uh, was it? Uh, I, was endor- I thought it was endorsed by Jeremy Clarkson. Anyway, pandas are good cars, is Adam. Yes, agreed. Spoilers. Anyway, right. Um, 
Oh, uh, I think next week on Tuesday, but possibly Monday. I haven't entirely decided yet, but next week at some point it will be advertised. Uh, is the next episode in the ser- in the Archipelago series? Um, we are creating the East Coast Mainline. That's that's next episode. There's there's going to be all sorts of fun for us to do. Uh, good grief and uh, hints as to some of the stuff we might be doing by the aerial shot from what we can see uh, here. Yes, lots of things to happen in that episode. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, oh, the panda is endorsed by James May. Yes, Mansfield is not endorsed by James May. Yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, James May is a big panda fan, yes. Uh, and finally, next week. Um, next week is going to be a pre-record, I think, if my plans go... Uh, they went awry because I forgot about things that I'd planned today. But um, they should. Be, it should be next week that we have episode 139, which is How to Fix Britain's Broken Railways. Um, that's the name of Tom's book. But Tom Haynes Doran is um, going to talk about his new book. Um uh, and it'll be, uh, yeah, How to Fix Britain's Broken Railways. So we get to talk about some of the ideas in, in said book and discuss uh, what to do and how, how, to, how to go about them, which is quite cool, quite exciting. Uh, yeah, Tom will be joining us to talk about that uh, because I think I've got the technology working in to have guests. If you've been wondering why there haven't been guests, it's because OBS broke the technology. Anyway, enough of my waffling. This, this episode was short, is now long. Um, let's get back to my miniaturized, no, my large face, my big old face. Um so some queries uh please show the next ep- episode to government uh yeah uh let's see do, 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 do. uh gareth williams enjoyed that episode lovely i'm glad you did gareth uh graham harreth uh doing anything special for episode 150 oh i probably ought to do something special for 150 shouldn't i yes yeah, not that far off hmm hmm i'll have to think about that um gareth williams wants me to ask about the crowns Oh, do I want to ask about the? I don't know if I want to ask about the crowns. Oh, they ask, yes, the crowns of the RR. Yes, Gareth, you're right. I, I should ask about the crowns. Yes, it's it's in my my brain isn't total. My brain is not total mulch. Stuart Robbent, however, does ask: Is it correct that the train movements for checking the platform clearances were the first time these points have been moved since the point machine was installed? I think so. I think that's why it happened when it did. It wasn't that they'd been sat da- like it, it. They'd been sat dangerous for nine months, but the issue they 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 hadn't moved into being out of sequence until the work until the movement to put the train in the right place at platform one i think that's right Stuart. yeah um oh but alex corn disagrees ah this is why it's always uh, yeah okay i don't think it says in the report but it's unlikely as they should have had at least three monthly maintenance that would have included moving them interesting okay so scratch what i'd said very interesting um hmm. yeah right okay um could I do one on the HS2 records at some point? What, the, the speed records? Uh, says HST trains. Hmm. Um, uh, possibly. We did do an episode on the HST, didn't we, about what would happen if it didn't exist. Um, we could do one on the HST. But if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get to recommend suggestions. So if, you, if, you're, if you're on Patreon, you can make that suggestion in the Discord. And I, Everyone who's been looking at those suggestions, I do look through them. I do use them for um, picking episodes. I, I know I haven't responded much and I haven't been updating the, the list, but um, yes um daniel smith suggests actually it's most likely it's the first time they'd failed to actually move as commanded so for whatever reason they had worked luckily up to that point it's just the first time they actually failed to move as commanded okay um thanks daniel so is it that actually there was a failure for whatever reason and it wasn't appropriately detected oh there's there's exactly why that problem occurred uh 
isn't actually explained in the RIB report, which is interesting. I, 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 they didn't they didn't pick up on it, but or maybe I didn't pick up on it. So go into the RIB report. It's always worth if you if you want more detail, go into the RIB report, do some searching in the PDF, and and see what you can find, and let and let me know if I've missed something in the in, in the chat in in the YouTube comments. Anyway, uh, like, subscribe, Patreon subscribe uh, support, and um, much love to you all. You're all wonderful. That was a fun episode, I think. Um, uh, interesting, uh, plenty to learn, worrying but interesting, and a good RIB report, nice and concise. Cheerio, everyone. Cheerio. See you next time. Cheerio.